0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to yet another episode of Alf Metallica. We are back. Uh, we are exploring the whole catalogue yet again, week by week. We're still here. Whatever you're doing your life, I'm reviewing Metallica songs uh, with guests from around the world and having a great time doing it. So thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time listening, we are still fairly early on the circuit to be honest. Like I've been doing this podcast in a little while actually. Probably I don't know six you know 8 months something like that around right about that and my girlfriend asked me i was recording tonight she was like what song are you on and i was like dream no more and she's like you're only at d and it's like yeah it's uh, it's going to be a long arduous odyssey but um you know it's an enlightening one for a lot of reasons and today we are discussing dream no more from hardwired and just before we get into that please follow the show at Metallica Pod. get in touch with me if you want to come on the show you want to be a guest on the show MetallicaPod at gmail.com we have a patreon as well um, where things go on there basically things are going to be on the channel eventually stuff we're working on um, coming soon will be like a cunning stunts review we're going to do a Jason Newstead history uh, we're going to talk about Nimes the, the the French concert so yeah if you want to listen to those first they'll be on the patreon um, please leave review on iTunes as well are you hear me say this stuff at <laughs> the start of every episode. Episode, but uh thank you to everyone that's been doing it but um yeah today as i say we're talking about dream no more uh the lovecraftian uh classic uh to a certain extent in the way it's evoking these themes and we're going to discuss it with my man tommy how's it going man i'm doing pretty darn well how are you doing i'm good man i'm good um i need to ask this question more especially when i have more international guests where are you where are you calling from from uh culver
1: city which is basically a, a uh neighborhood in la
0: okay okay, cool man cool it's uh I need to get a little map I need little dots, I can sort of plot this because uh yeah. yeah it's been it's been awesome having that but the thing that binds us all is Metallica quite obviously um you know for you as a fan, how did you get into them uh,
1: well uh i I was born in ninety three mm. so uh they've just kind of been somewhat ever present oh, yeah. um you know if you're born after after the Black Album was released, you probably heard of them at, at some point. Um, the earliest I really remember about them was uh, I was maybe, I was in, I think, fifth grade and I was starting to learn how to play guitar. And my dad started kind of slowly turning me on to uh, like the singles from uh, the Black Album and some of Load and Reload. Um, and then he took me to see them in November... 2004 Mm. um on the madly and the egg with the world tour and i don't really remember much about that sure (laughs) i mean i I remember like fuel and you know the hits from the black album
0: yeah you were Uh, young you were young there man like to be that age and experience metallica live i I would love to have had that
1: oh yeah i i just wish i was uh more of a fan at the time so i could have actually appreciated it more for what it was um Cause like they they played a I looked up the set list and they played up some great songs that I hmm. still haven't seen like I mean like holier than thou four horsemen like just awesome nice. shit like that basically the only thing I remember is those hits and uh, being fucking terrified during one because <laughs> I was like because i was like 10 years old yeah. there's so many explosions Onslaught. and
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 unexpected uh you know shift definitely um and get, getting further into the band then i mean obviously we're sort of similar ages so i like you were aware of them in, in sort of Saint anger era you know going into death magnetic hardwired you've been a dedicated fan
1: yeah um i've truly truly started sinking into them um my, uh, when I first got into high school. Um, so late 2007. Um, like, I, I, I had an, a Metallica shirt, even though I didn't listen to a whole ton of their music, but so, I liked some of it. What, what, was, um, what was the shirt? Oof, um, it was the Damage Justice shirt. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, skull. Yeah. And <laughs> my friend... Uh, who I had just met, was like, oh, you like Metallica? I was like, yeah. And he's like, what's your favorite song? And "And I say, enter Sandman. He goes, (laughs) "Mm, how much do you really know about
0: that? You're about Um, to learn, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then it was just off to the races from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've just basically been a rampant fan ever since.
0: Mm -hmm. And Hetfield himself is a rampant fan of of Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft, (laughs) uh, which is interestingly quite a big influence on metallica you know and you know hp lovecraft for those not aware sort of american gothic writer um you know from rhode island call of cthulhu mountains of madness his stuff is very edgar and poe-esque to a certain extent um very mind-bending and interesting and a big thing for metallica right
1: yeah um i i usually try to um i, I tend to describe lovecraft's work as Something like HP. L- uh, sorry, <laughs> something like Edgar Allan Poe, right. but more dealing with like the occult and like mystic shit.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very philosophical um, and, and and very odd. Yeah, it's a weird nightmare fuel. Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I i read a few of them actually i remember one of them i read it was like a guy goes on his journey in new york at night and goes down this cave or something and like comes into this world within a world that's very twisted and odd that exists um and it's just v- very subtle psychological stuff and you know the, the way it's used here is probably in hp lovecraft's mickey mouse you know cthulhu Something that really (laughs) is kind of a you know vanguard for his creations, and we've had the call of Cthulhu, you know. We we, we, and you know here we've dreamed no more. Yet again, evoking Mm -hmm. that world.
1: Yeah, and also uh, we've done, or and also you've done all nightmare long too. All nightmare long
0: is there. Yeah, the thing uh, that should not be by
1: extension. And yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of H. P. Lovecraft. Um, I haven't quite managed to get through all of his works. So much just. it is like some of the most densest reading mm-hmm. I've ever uh, tried to tackle. Yeah. Um, like you know, if, if you have a book in one hand, you got to have like a dictionary or the thesaurus in the other hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan um, of Lovecraft's work, which is why you know when when we were uh, figuring out what song I wanted to do, when I saw this was on the list, I was like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like I actually I actually have a big old portrait tattoo of uh of hp lovecraft that goes from uh, my left hip up to my like armpit
0: god damn uh, you are yeah. a fan yeah and it's like
1: it was it was a long process but totally yeah. worth
0: it <laughs> yeah i can only imagine yeah he was like i mean just looking on wikipedia actually he he, he died in poverty obscurity basically and you know someone who was appreciated after he died Age forty six in nineteen thirty seven. So there's an ancient feel to these stories as well that I find quite affecting. Like you know they were envisioned in kind of a pre World War two era. You know a very disturbed nonetheless era. But let's get to the song. Um, yeah, which which is on hardwired six minutes thirty. It's way longer than actually remember it making these notes.
1: Yeah. Um, with you saying that now, I actually don't think I even noted how long it is like it's it's one of those songs that just doesn't feel that long, it doesn't overstay its welcome
0: no, no <clears throat> and it, um, uh, it opens with that descending sequence of chords um, which I think sonically sounds great, I think compositionally it's not as interesting for me, Kirk sort of does that counter octave melody which I don't really think is anything I, I don't know, it's slightly uh, stretched for me personally, Tommy yeah, I mean it's it's pretty simple. Mm. Um,
1: I I mean I still enjoy it, but it's and it's heavy as hell. But right. yeah, like that that intro, like it's low, it's slow, it's heavy, but it doesn't have a whole lot going on. Mm. Um, mm. Although when they do finally. Um, break into like that main riff like that's when it really comes in for me
0: yeah yeah it's got a sort of load era groove um to it but i think it works Mm -hmm. it's very airy um actually in the making of this which is on the metallica channel also known as 91 um which is interestingly crucial year for the band uh so it's cool that they Mm -hmm. evoke you know lars says it's more of a memory remains kind of thing um rob describes that riff especially as being black sabbath-esque Um, and there's a lot of menace to this song, and I think that comes through the silences.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, in music, you know, sometimes what you don't do is almost as important as what you do. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, oftentimes I feel like whenever they have a song where they do end up showing restraint because, you know, Metallica, their classic M.O. is just, you know, you know, metal up the ass um, so like in songs like this um where they do kind of pull back a little bit it it uh it can really go well
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah <clears throat> and i, I think it's i think it's some sort of simpsons quote where lisa sees this jazz musician and she's told you have to listen to the note she's not playing and you know that that does work in this song specifically with the i guess it's the pre-chorus you know, the, the he haunts you, the da na 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 which is one of the most irresistible things I think Metallica have done. I think it grips you when you first listen, and it's a real earworm, but even initially, it's such a statement, there's such a strut to that that I think works so well. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: like, this is one of those songs where, like, the very first time I listened to it, uh, I was on the freeway, and I... Almost had to pull over because I was just grooving with it so mm-hmm. hard, <laughs> and just like, just headbanging like s- slowly but oh so furiously. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and um, by that um, and also around that time and also earlier than that in the in the verse um i love the double tracking vocals it gives mm. it a real eerie like almost like an alice in chains feel
0: yeah 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 definitely definitely yeah. um yeah and
1: that's not really something that uh, these guys do much so it's it's cool to hear you know something a little more fresh like that
0: mm, mm. but the bands have a lot of mutual influence on each other um you know metallica in the audience for alice in chains unplugged yeah Um, friends don't let friends cut friends hair that's right that's right that's right right. (laughs) apparently jerry cantrell (laughs) played battery a bit of battery as well um during the video section which i've not actually seen uh we spoke about that briefly before on the show but you know for me the um the the lyrical content the imagery you know seems to inspire james and i really like a lot of the opening stuff you know sleeps under the black seas waiting dreaming in death and and then the sleeps under cosmos shaking stars granting his breath which again beneath cosmos but still you know feeding on the essence of the galaxy i don't don't know it's good for me
1: yeah it's it's one of those uh one of those songs where on the first listen you're like okay Hmm. I can tell this is badass. Right. <laughs> I think I need to listen to it two or three hundred times to yeah. truly grasp this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and you know, he haunts you, he binds your soul, which goes over that riff that we discussed before. All of yeah. it compacts together. When he says loaves you as well, the sort of high pitched squealing, the the this ambient sort of, you know, horror effects for want of a better term, that all just makes it very evocative. Oh
1: yeah. Um and like a lot of those like you know they have a handful of moments in this song where they're doing where they do those kind of like evocative sounds um, and I was watching um, the little I don't know like 30 40 second clip on uh, Metallicacom uh, where he's discussing the lyrics um, and All he's right. saying so you know this is this, this song is connected to like, call of Cthulhu, and mm. and I uh, think there should not be and that stuff like that but this one in the Call of Cthulhu, they're calling Cthulhu. In this one, Cthulhu's answer answering.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. That's nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that consistency. That's pixar esque from Hetfield. Uh, I yeah, think, I think I think that really works. But the the he haunts you, he binds yourself. You know, for me, I consider that really the pre-chorus and the chorus being the you turn to stone, which is slightly more flashy, slightly more sludgy of a mo- of a movement oh
1: yeah i mean it's that's basically molasses it's Mm. just this thick slow just heavy heavy stuff
0: that's yeah yeah yeah. lars sounds Uh, great on it lars has fury on it lars is lars is awesome on it
1: yeah um as far as albums go this this one has a lot of really good moments for lars Mm. um uh i've i've always been something of a lars apologist um, oh man don't um,
0: apologize yeah he's great
1: <laughs> not so much apologist yeah but, yeah i know uh, what you, mean.
0: you gotta be yeah. yeah
1: yeah um i've always really liked a lot of his work and and i i really liked how um this album in all senses is like a it really feels like a logical continuation from where they picked up on death magnetic where they're just kind of honing in on what this new era of the band's going to be like and with the exception of most of the solos on this album uh it's through and through good shit
0: okay okay so it's interesting you mentioned the solo there because i did want to get to that uh i am going to be in kirk bashing mode i'm afraid um i don't think it's very good um and i think there's an old You talk about honing the new Metallica. I think the new Metallica have something that maybe the old Metallica had to a little extent, but then tried it a bit more compositionally here for me. The solo part starts with a lead lick that builds into a solo that comes back to the solo part. And often (laughs) the Kirk solo part is kind of like the octave solo part. It's just kind of, I don't know, you can sort of feel where he's going straight away and it's kind of like, uh, it's not very exciting.
1: Yeah. um, I, I do feel like it's this song's solo suits it um though it is one of his more
0: come on man it's just double stop city
1: it's it's one of his more predictable boring ones um although i don't know if it's just because i'm so into the song i do still enjoy this solo um more than a lot of the solos on the rest of this album okay um yeah it's but, not
0: it hardwired isn't like kirk's it's not black album
1: yeah i mean personally one of my absolute favorite albums as far as kirk's solos go is death magnetic mm. um yeah, this is just
0: your life is a, cr- a crazy solo
1: oof yeah like that and um f- first first time i heard uh, the unforgiven three that mm. solo i was just bordering on taken aback like I it was it just blew my damn mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like especially like, and with even longer between this album and the previous than Death Magnetic to Saint Anger, like mm-hmm. I was expecting Kirk to uh, kind of deliver a little more.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Also, because like you know he's he's Kirk fucking Hammond. Like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> We've I mean, we've seen what happens on the on the behind the scenes clips. Lars sort of encourages him into riffs and then is edited and then you know, it's kinda of odd what happens and it kinda of sounds like that, really. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really like it. I think there could have been a better chorus done over the da-na-na-na-na-na-na, Like playing with that, Hetfield's so good with the riffs underneath the solos, but this is just you know stock all over. Um, doesn't really do anything for me. Comes back into the na-na-na-na-na-na, You know this sort of uh, mode. But it, it works better as a yeah. riff song for me. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how good you know I really find Kirk here, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the track. I, a bit sad but true esque. I felt when he had that pause <coughs> after the solo, like that kind of breath take. Yeah, um, and that's
1: that also could be a reason why I like the solos because like I just really enjoy when you know, those types of like full stops and then just hitting you hard, um, and so maybe that might be part of the reason why I like the solo so much because like the first the first time I heard that song I was, I just I probably yelled like it was I just really enjoyed that um, and because. Uh, Throughout most of the beginning of the song, it does have quite a bit of like a sad but true, you know, groover, slow, heavy uh, feel to it. And then they do that pause right before the solo and you're like, oh, something's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Of course, then that happens, which, again, not bad to me, but just like, oh,
0: the boys could have done better. Hmm, hmm, hmm well dream no has <coughs> been performed live eight times which isn't many really mm. um you know it's been out a little while now they've been on tour uh, it was a performance in Birmingham uh, October 30th when I saw them uh definitely check oh, out, yeah definitely check yeah, out so I remember seeing it live definitely check out the episode I should oh, say if, if you haven't before it's... of uh, my recap Yeah. nice uh,
1: is is that one of the videos that they Uploaded. what was the do you know what the song was that they uploaded from your show
0: on um YouTube? no it was uh shorty straw that got uploaded from my show yeah i think it's the, oh, Be- the nice. belgian it's the belgian one that gets dream them all but i remember them playing it i remember james saying like do you want to hear oh, something? Belgium
1: and copenhagen yeah. i think yeah those yeah. were the ones
0: yeah James was saying like, "Do you want to hear something heavy?" And everyone's like, "Yeah." And I remember starting to play this, and it sort of confused a lot of people because they weren't familiar what song it was. They anticipate the <laughs> sad but True or something, which it is kind of an, you know an antecedent of to a certain extent. But um, yeah, it was cool, cool to have seen that, and you know it worked well in that space. And it's not necessarily my favorite song, but please let us know in the comments through emails what do you think of Dream No More? Um, you know, do you agree with me? Whatever, do you think I'm an idiot on this song? I appreciate that as well. So <laughs> comment below. Let us know what you think about Dream No More as well. Um, but yeah I think there's better stuff on Hardwired for me I don't think it's terrible but I just I don't know This, I don't know, some of these songs don't really stick for me there's certain areas of Metallica I pref- I, I, I guess I prefer
1: yeah um, I'm still trying to figure out exactly where this, song, uh, this album lands for me um, right. in the greater scheme of things um, I certainly have have uh, an affinity towards um, above all else, usually, um, like puppets, lightning, and load. Um, but I, it's, it's really hard to say, even having sat with it for a year, like where this album sits, because it has some really high highs, but it has a lot of points that just don't quite land.
0: mm Mm, yeah, um, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's there's some yeah. obvious heavy hitters for me, but yeah, certain ones I'm not as uh, not as sure. Yeah. On, but um, but yeah, that this is Dream No More. Any closing thoughts on Dream No More? Um, how badass would it be if
1: Newstead was around for those backing vocals yeah. on Wake, like uh, when they do the Wake Dream yeah. No More, like um because like watching the i watched the little feature right on the making of when they yes, released yeah, it however long ago and it shows them in the studio doing that and like i think it was rob and kurt it's, it's, doing no, it rob together rob and james doing it oh actually, rob yeah. and james yeah even even between the two of them they could double that vocal track and it still wouldn't be as powerful as no. newstead
0: no. <laughs> like a wolf, man. yeah he is Shout out oh. Jason Newstead, man. He's uh, he's no you know no longer the longest serving bassist. I think a little while ago he was usurped by Rob, but he, he's still the bassist in many people's hearts. You know, so uh, shout shout out to Jason Newstead. But we'll close. Um, have you ever seen the band live, man? Yeah, uh, I've seen them uh, five times. Oh, you saw them on the Madly Langer World Tour. So you've seen them quite recently, then I guess. Or how, when when do you see them elsewhere?
1: Um, I saw them in uh, two, December 2008 in Anaheim. No, in LA, um, and then I saw them December 2009 in Anaheim, um, uh, which was probably one of my absolute favorite set lists that I've seen from them. Um, it was sick, and it was also my first concert where I actually had, like, GA tickets, so I was on the floor, mm. um, and, and it was, like, my first mosh pit. Um, yeah, I'm looking, was at, first... I'm, look,
0: I'm looking at the set list. That was just your life, the end of the line, bells, like, Jesus...
1: Yeah, um, they did, let's see, where'd it go? I had it pulled up on my lab, on my iPad here. Yeah, they played, in a row, they played For Whom the Bell Tolls, then The Shortest Draw, and Fade to Black, which was just like, because The Shortest Straw" is probably my favorite song on Justice. Right. <clears throat> and For Whom the Bell Tolls, I like it. It's a classic. Well, I love it. It's a classic, mm-hmm. not like... Might not even crack my top 20 necessarily, but still it was the first time I saw them play it. So that was awesome. Um, and then fade to black. Just my number one favorite song of all time, right. bar none. Yeah. Um, and I was, and I was about 10 feet in front of James during, uh, during the no one, but me can't mm. say, it's too late. Like, which is my favorite part of the song. Oh my gosh uh so that was like just i couldn't even put into words how great that was (laughs) um but i digress um uh and then i saw them in uh i saw them april 23rd 2011 at the big four festival Mm. um which was just nuts um that was another show where i got to check some stuff off my bucket list you know uh being a mosh bit for cotton a mosh by anthrax uh i broke my nose during peace cells oh my
0: god (laughs) (laughs) as Um, that bass riff went on (laughs)
1: um actually it was it was it was even more so fitting um it was um like, about, what is it, two-thirds of the way through the song, uh, after uh, Can You Put a Price on Peace, when it kicks huh. into double time with the guitar, doing the like, intro bass like with a the... mm-hmm. um, and I got pushed forward as the guy in front of me was throwing his head back, and just, and it just like, just knocked me really hard <laughs> um, so I just laid down for an hour and a half, and then when Metallica came on I hopped up and when apeshit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And then finally, I saw them um, in uh, just this past August in San Diego.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff there. Was that a big concert? What was that? Was that a big? Was that an outdoor stadium one? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It was at uh, it was at Petco Park. Uh, oh. It's uh, it was at the baseball stadium down there. How were they? They were. I swear, they sounded better than they've ever sounded in the times that I've seen them. um, Even going back and watching videos from, like, 2004, um, when I saw them the first time. Like, they are so just on point now, um, especially with their, like, restricted touring schedule where they're really only playing 50, 60 shows a year. It's really letting them stay, like, really at the top of their game and event sevenfold is easily in my top five favorite bands right. of all time so like th- this is a this was a lineup that i was waiting for for a very long time
0: awesome awesome man well um you know uh, finally how do people get at you uh, any twitters you've got anything you want a promo uh
1: not really i mean I'm on social media at Tom Trink. It's but I don't really use it all that much. Right, right, right. Um uh, one thing I'd like to plug is if there's uh, if there's anyone in the uh, Southern California area, every year I participate in a show called Metal Jam. Um, and it's basically it's a benefit for autism. Uh, it's in Long Beach and Basically what these guys do is they they post a list of songs on their website and then they and then people sign up to sing, play guitar, bass, etc. Mm. um and then uh, we all get together um in April and uh and they just knock them all out one by one. Um and it's a really great time. Um Super cheap to go to and proceeds to go to charity, which is nice. Um, so if anyone's in Southern California, look it up, metaljam.org. Uh, yeah. It's a good time.
0: All right, awesome. Awesome, man. That sounds pretty yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously people can follow us as well, Patreon, put all the links in the description, all that stuff um this has been great as ever going through these songs is awesome if you want to come on the show like tommy and do a song let me know MetallicaPod at gmail.com i'll let you know what's available in the future and we can work something out i'm sure um but tommy yet again this has been great man thank you bro thanks man